put your phones on silent unless you're watching. And uh, we're going to have uh, church time. Get your Bible open. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. And when you are turning there, I'm going to pray. And we'll get started in our message. Father, as we open our Bibles, I ask that you would open our hearts and our eyes, our minds to what we're about to hear. I pray that it would, be, that it would ring very clear and true. Lord, bless what we're going to learn this morning and uh, uh, help your people to be encouraged and, and not be discouraged by uh, just the, the uh, not only things going on around us, but things that go on inside of us that pull us away from our walk with you and our fellowship with you. Give us just a, a, a really important key to enjoying the Christian life. And I pray that you would speak to somebody this morning about the emptiness in their heart, that it probably is because Jesus is not there and they've never invited him in. They've never been born again. They've never repented and believed that they were lost and they needed a savior. I pray somebody would believe it today and be born again. I love you and I need you today. God, help me be a help today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to talk. This is part two. I started last week on just explaining the Bible is a spiritual book. Jesus said in John 6, he said, the, uh, the flesh, my flesh will profit you nothing, okay? Um, all of the Catholic system that tries to make bread into the body of Jesus. Jesus said, the flesh profits you nothing. The words that I say in you, they are spirit. They're spiritual and they are life, life-giving. So the Bible is a spiritual book, but I want to get you, I want to teach you that you need to listen to the author. Because when we read the Bible, often we're reading just words and we're not listening. So let me... Open your eyes to a great truth this morning. Proverbs chapter 1, while you're there, I want to make some introductory statements before we get to the verse we're going to go to. All the things, now tell me if this is true in your life, all the things that are clearly spiritual activities of a Christian are dead without the Holy Spirit, active alongside us, in us, under us, holding us and empowering and enabling us. Everything that you try to do that is supposedly spiritual, that we know it is a spiritual thing, like praying, like reading our Bible. To a lot of people, that's boring. Sometimes listening to Bible preaching and teaching, people sit back and go, that's not relevant. The desire to go soul winning just becomes like outdated. How about loving an enemy? Jesus said you must love your enemy. Well, doing that is impossible, even for Christians. No wonder Christians don't even enjoy the Christian life. There's no interest generally among Christians in having a quiet place of prayer that God calls us to every day. No wonder the Bible is dry and empty and hollow to this generation. No wonder church is so hard to get ready for and never really enjoyed when people do actually end up coming. Why? Because the influence, the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit is missing in our lives. He has been neglected, ignored, rejected, quenched, and replaced. We are so influenced by media, but not by the Spirit of God. What we desperately need is the influence of the Holy Spirit of God in our thoughts, in our activities, in our routines, in our Bible reading time, and especially in our worship. Now go to Proverbs 1, verse 23. Watch what the promise is in this book here. Right in the middle of your Bible, it makes this great promise. Verse 23, it says, turn you at my reproof. Turn means to repent. Turn you at my reproof. When I correct you, God says, and you repent, behold, watch what will happen. I will pour out my spirit unto you and... Look at the last part. I will make known my words unto you. I'll make it known to you. I'll explain it to you. Look at the process there. If we will hear God's reproof, when you're in the Bible, oftentimes we're just doing time. We're just reading. And we're not letting God convict us. We're not letting God reprove us. But if we will hear it, and then secondly, we will act upon it. When we Repent of whatever God is showing you in your life. You know why the Bible is filled with so many people? To show you yourself. At least one of them is going to be like you. So as you read along, you're going to see characteristics in them that are in you. And so God doesn't have to speak through the ceiling to you. He's speaking right through somebody and their experience in the Bible. 
And then when you turn and you say, Lord, that's me and I'm sorry, God, forgive me. Then God says, I will pour out, not a dribble, not a dibble, not a dop, but an outpouring of his spirit. Then he will open up your understanding of his word to us. That's what we need, folks. That's what we need. Because the Holy Spirit is three things that we forget. Number one, he is the author of the word of God. 2 Peter 1.21, you can leave this place now. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. While you're turning there, well, let me just, I'll wait for that. Go to 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Peter. Right after Hebrews comes James, then 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1 in verse 21. 2 Peter 1.21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. No one just sat down and wrote a bit of scripture. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by who? By the Holy Ghost. So it wasn't their own will, wasn't their own feelings, wasn't their own intellect. It was the moving inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Now there's more about that I want to teach you in March about how we got our Bible. But not only is he the author of the word of God, he's the teacher. He is the best teacher ever. He is essential to understanding the scriptures. There's lots of things that you need if you're going to understand the Bible. One is you need time. Not everything can be mastered in one sitting. Does that make sense? Uh, experience. You need to experience some things before the Bible makes sense in some things. You need maturity, all right? You need the new birth, though. See, in the end, we're going to have to understand that the Holy Spirit in us is our best teacher. He explains stuff. That's what he's good at. He is promised to be the guide through the events and the lives of people to learn what they learned. Uh, and he is the power behind the word of God. First Thessalonians chapter two, go back to the left. First Thessalonians chapter two and verse 13. Before Hebrews, you got kind of a, a marker there, Hebrews, and go back before Hebrews and you'll find first and second Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter Two and verse 13. Listen to how Paul describes the hearing and the receiving and the believing of the word of God. It says, verse 13, for this cause also thank we God. And he's speaking of the Christians at Thessalonica. He says, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, you received it as the word of God, which effectually which powerfully worketh also in you that believe. Guess what the power is behind the words on that page? It's the Holy Spirit of God. It's not the fact that they change color. It's not the fact that your Bible is multimedia. It's not the fact that it comes with 3D sound. It has power because of the Holy Spirit, who is the power behind the Word of God. And we forget that. So let's talk about the point. What's the point? The point is, have you never asked yourself why the Bible is so hard to understand and enjoy? Because that's the question I want to answer today. Why is it so hard to understand and enjoy the Bible? Well, there's a simple answer. Well, it's not really simple, but it is pretty straightforward. Number one, there are two parts to this answer. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the key to unlocking an understanding of the Word of God. If I want to understand the Word of God, I've got to have the Holy Spirit so you can read the Bible all day, all night, and I'm going to say, it'll do you some good. But you won't get the understanding of it. You won't get the, 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 the joy of it. You won't find the reason for it and the purpose of every word. As a matter of fact, if you just read the Bible and you never believe it, it will become the book you criticize the most. That book is a way of either making you soft or making you hard based on how you react to it. So the Holy Spirit is the key, but there's a second key. And that is God's words are the key to unlocking access to the Spirit of God. I don't know how to talk to, to, to God and to get the filling of the Holy Spirit without the Bible. So the Bible helps me learn how to access the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit helps me understand the Bible. The two of them go together hand in hand. In other words, this. Every person must hear what God has said in the Bible. They've got to read it and hear it for themselves. 
but they must do more. They must listen to the Holy Spirit to understand it. Go to John chapter 16. John 16. One of the main roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Christian, is to help us understand and live by the Bible. John chapter 16 and verse 13. How be it? He, the Spirit of truth, has come, and He has come. Bible said that after the resurrection, Jesus said, Ten more days, and the promise of my Father is coming. And the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. But here in John, Jesus is saying, just before that, He's saying, When He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear from the Father, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come how many of you have a bible that you read and yet you're reading that's a good thing you're halfway there now i want to take you all the way to the place where every time you read it you don't just read words you hear the spirit of god speaking to you saying that's for you yes don't miss that go back and read it again and and that's the best way any christian enjoys the bible all right so here's the points I want to start making. Go to 1 Corinthians. We started this last week, and I, I had to move a bunch of stuff that I was going to say to another message another time because this chapter is very, very helpful. Actually, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 are very foundational for Christians, no matter how old you are. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I, we're going to read just 9 and 10, but I want to read verse 1 to 9. Just read with alongside with me silently. But then we're going to focus on verse 9 and 10 because they're our key. <clears throat> verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or with wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor yet the princes of this world, of the princes of this world, that come to naught. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But here's the keys now. Look at verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his what? Notice that. By his spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Jump down to verse, verse 12. One more verse here. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. See, I, 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 I can't imagine what God has ahead. So God gave me the Holy Spirit to show me, to give me what I can, to, to, to let me know what he has in store. For me, the things that are freely given to us of God. There are treasures in our Bible. Uh, there's so much treasure, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, he says there in verse 9, he says again, I have not seen, you've never seen what God has ahead of you. You've never heard. You, it's never even entered your heart or any heart. Nobody's dreamed the things which God has prepared. There is so much treasure in this book. Yes, there's science. There's history, there's psychology that God has stuck into the pages of this book. But this book tells us greater things. It tells us how to have a relationship with an infinite, almighty God every second of every day. That's a treasure. It tells us everything we need to live and to live free from sin and consequences. And it explains how to have hope and joy and peace and rest and confidence in all the sadness and the darkest moments of your life. I, I, as I said, I couldn't even begin to tell you all that I've discovered just in one book 
It's like finding priceless treasure almost every day. But when, you, when you're in your Bible, it is actually worth more than the greatest treasure that has been found. Go to Psalm 119, middle of your Bible, Psalm 119. 119 in verse 72. The psalmist says something that I would totally agree with. Psalm 119, 72. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. A thousand what? Coins? Ingots? Pieces? He says, what God has said is better to me than the best treasure ever. Now, the reality is this. You say, I, I, I never found that to be true. I know, I know. The treasures are hidden to the spiritless man. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I don't know if you noticed it, but right in there, it tells us why things are just not working out, why the Bible just doesn't ring in your heart like a song. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. Bible says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save, saith, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but who? But only the spirit of God. Let me, let me just say, number one, the Bible's words can be understood on its surface by anybody. I mean, if I put up a scripture as here, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. As a matter of fact, you don't have to read. I could just read it out loud to you. I could just say it. And you would understand, wow, there is none righteous. No, not one. How about Romans 3.23? All have sinned. Anybody can get on the surface what the Bible is saying. It's not confusing. It's very clear. Jesus said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And that's pretty clear. You can't argue, well, that's just your interpretation. No, there's no interpretation. It's flat out. There's a lot of the Bible that is just straight up. You don't have to think too hard about it. But there are things that no one can fathom. You can't imagine, you can't even dream about that God is doing right now. Do you realize that right now Jesus Christ is interceding for you and then for me? And for every Christian on this planet, do you realize that's going on? Right, You wouldn't know that without reading the Bible. And you wouldn't appreciate it with the Holy Spirit bringing you to the realization. He's doing that for me because otherwise I'd be lost in a heartbeat. I'd be back to where I started. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. There is so much. It's like an iceberg. An iceberg is a deadly thing. We learned that back in 1912 or 1915 with the Titanic. You don't mess with an iceberg, not because of what's on top, but because of what's on bottom. There is so much more than what you can see just in the words in the Bible. So when you come to the Bible, yes, read along. You'll get a lot of it, but you want to enjoy it. You want to run the cross-references. You want to see the depth to it. Don't rely on your own understanding. Rely on the Holy Spirit to guide you and to take you because we'll pick and choose, won't we? We're cherry pickers by nature. I like this. I don't like that. I'll skip that. All those names are hard to pronounce. I'll just skip that chapter. <laughs> there is a depth that we're missing uh, because it is hidden to us unless the Holy Spirit. I'm actually saying this. You can read the Bible. You can read it through every year. You can read it through every month and still miss the message of the Bible without the Holy Spirit opening your understanding. Go to Luke, Luke chapter 10. You ever wonder why somebody will sit in church week after week after week and duh, never get saved? Or somebody sits in church week after week after week, reads their Bible, and they never get right with God? They never get right with their family? They never get, they, they, they never get their life doing what they should be doing? It's because anytime they ever read the Bible, what they needed was hidden from them. Oh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 21. <clears throat> in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
that thou hast hid these things. Oh, here's a psychologist, here's a scientist, here's a politician who's somebody really smart and wise and prudent and careful. God says he hides things from them and has revealed them unto babes. You know what a baby does? Baby uh, just, just is hungry. Baby wants to be held. Now, I know a lot of spoiled babies, but a baby normally will take whatever you give them. And when you come to the Bible, God says, I will show it to you if you just be a baby. If you just come and say, Lord, I'm starving. Feed me, teach me, talk to me. He revealed it unto babes. Even so, Father, for, it's, for so it seemed good in thy sight. That's not how I would have designed it. I would have designed the Bible so it makes sense. <laughs> but that's not how God wrote it. He made it so that you need his spirit. Go to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18 and verse 32. Jesus is talking about the coming of his, his death coming. For he, the Messiah, shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted upon. And they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. Now, did Jesus just tell him exactly what was going to happen? Yes. Verse 34, and they understood none of these things. Is that something that maybe you've never pondered? Look at it. And this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. I got one more. Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. In verse 44. Jesus is walking on the road with two of his disciples. And he sits down. Um, and... Um, uh, he's sitting down. He's arrived at Emmaus at uh, a house of one of them there, and they're having dinner, verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then look at verse 45. Opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Up until that point, they had the Old Testament. They had heard every word Jesus said, but it wasn't coming together until he opened their understanding. That is the big deal. Because here's the truth. Unless the Holy Spirit opens your understanding, it's a closed book. It's a closed book. You'll only read it for its intellectual value. You'll only read it out of a duty. And I found I read it out of duty because it's the right thing to do, because ultimately it is going in, it is cleaning, it is feeding me. But if I want to enjoy it, if I want to grow in it, I've got to let the Holy Spirit guide me in it. I must. So, another point. God only reveals his treasures by his spirit to our spirit. Now, make that, to make sense of this, I need you to understand a couple of things. Number one, we are more than what we see. Go to 1 Thessalonians again, to the right, just before Hebrews. A couple of little books, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 23. I told you this last week, and you probably know it very well by now, but you need to keep this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. But the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely, and I pray, God, your whole spirit, here's one, and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are more than what we see. We're a three-part being. Did you notice that? Now, we, when I ask somebody, lean the three parts, guess which part they always start with? The body. We're a body, soul, spirit. That's how we talk. Body, soul, spirit. So far, so good, but we have the wrong order. He starts off with the spirit then the soul, and lastly, the body. That's very, very important because you got to understand the one thing that we put the least importance on, we put more importance on how our hair looks, whether we ate well, whether we got enough sleep, whether we're happy on our job. We have emotional happiness, physical contentment before we ever think about our spiritual strength and our spiritual health. So the last thing on our list, on God's list, is the first. Because 
the fact that we are more than what we see, I, do, I just look like a human being, and my, my soul is more than chemical processes and, and sequences. I am body, soul, spirit, but I am a spirit that is neglected. You see, it's the same with the Word of God. The Word of God is pages on a book. You look at your Bible, there are ink on pages in chapters and books inside one whole big book. But there's more than just those words in that book. In this book are undiscovered treasures. There are instructions on life and true success. In this book is the voice of God. You want to get by your bedside and pray and hear the voice of God? He's not going to audibly speak to you. If he does, run, okay? <laughs> this book is the voice of God. And if you will take the moment and realize there is more to us than what we see, and there's more to the Bible than just what we see with our eyes, there is a hearing we need to do. And the Holy Spirit, did you notice this? Look back there, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Did you notice that it is the Holy Spirit that, exp that, that explains and reveals the deep things of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. All the things we can't imagine. Verse 10 says, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Now, I have to ask you this. Look at verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, say the Spirit of man. Hey, there's a part of me that, that actually is real, okay? You, my soul can deceive itself into thinking that it's okay. My body doesn't think anything, okay? This body just, just is like, it's like an animal. It just it wants to eat. It wants to sleep. It just wants to sit there, okay? What does it feel like? <laughs> so the real part of you that knows you, if you can just listen to it, is your spirit. Not the Holy Spirit now, but the spirit in you. That knows you. Your heart will lie about you. The heart is deceitful, but your spirit knows you. And if you will let the Holy Spirit Speak to your spirit. This Bible will come alive. God doesn't look for people to worship him in their flesh. Oh, I must face toward the north. I must face toward Jerusalem. I've got to have my head tilted. I've got to see the right. No. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we're focusing on the spiritual part of the Bible. That's beyond just words on a page. Yes. Start with the words, but there's something that the Holy Spirit does when you're reading where he reveals the deep things of God. As a matter of fact, verse 12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. What do we do? We need to receive what the spirit teaches. Now to receive means to actually want it, listen to it, be open to it. Uh, verse 12 goes on and says, now we have, and you need to circle that word receive because it's a good modern word. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. We're in tune. Uh, go to, I'll show you something. Go one chapter over. Go to chapter 3, verse 16. Don't forget this. Know you not, Christian, that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells where? in you. So the moment you got saved, the Spirit of God moved in and He's there. What's He doing? Trying to get your attention, trying to guide you, talk to you, teach you. So back to chapter uh, 2, verse um, 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the word which man, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, People aren't impressed with the Bible because it is not written like man would, would talk. Which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Do you want, to, you want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying? Listen to the words written in this book. Again, Jesus said, the words that I say unto you, they're spirit and they are life. Do you want to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying in the words of this book? Listen to his voice behind the words. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Go to Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 
Matthew chapter 10. Now, don't get the wrong idea where all of a sudden you start thinking, well, I don't need the Bible. I just need to tune into the Spirit. That's heresy. You know, you need the Bible to anchor you so that you are able to hear. But don't only just stick to the words and to the letters and to the structure, the sentence structure of the Bible. You know, people will find fault with me how I say a word or how I'll say a sentence or whatever. And that's okay. That's just because I'm human. But when you start criticizing the Bible, you say, well, that's said wrong, and that's not how I would talk. Then you're crossing a line because you're arguing with the voice of God. Watch this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 19. When they deliver you up, when they capture you and they put you in front of court, don't take no thought for how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. You know, don't hire a lawyer if you're... If you're, if you're uh, caught for being a Christian and being accused, I pray you have, they have good evidence to, to, um, uh, to convict you of being a Christian, okay? But it says, don't worry about what you're going to say, verse 20, for it is not ye that speak at that point, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Isn't that amazing? That's encouraging. Look at John 16, Gospel of John. Chapter 16 and verse 13. 16, 13. I like how Jesus says in verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Notice, speak, speak, speak. And he will show you things to come. One more, 1 Timothy. Well, where is he speaking? I'll show you. 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy 4. And there's about two dozen of these scriptures. I picked three showing you that as I read the Bible, I need to listen to the Holy Spirit speak to me. 1 Timothy 4.1. And I remember when I was unsaved, I remember arguing with God. I remember arguing with the preacher. As he was preaching, all of a sudden conviction would get to me where all of a sudden I realized he was talking about me and my sin and the consequences of my sin. And I started arguing with the preacher. Then I started arguing with God. And I realized God's talking to me, not the preacher. God's inviting me. No pastor invites you to, to heaven. Christ does. I invite you to listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit of God. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. When you're reading the Bible, it's the Holy Spirit speaking clearly. That in the latter times, that's where we are. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. When you're reading your Bible, guess who's talking? The Holy Spirit of God. Listen to him. You say, I already do. Really? Hmm. Let me make a statement here. He never speaks independent of his word. The Holy Spirit never says something new. If, you, if you're bored with what God has already said, sorry, there is no new material coming. Okay. But what's in the Bible is ever fresh, always new. You know what the Holy Spirit can do to your Bible reading? It'll make it come alive. I can pile up the highest pile of wood. When I was a kid, my dad was an engineer, was a civil engineer. He built things and he designed and helped people design and build things, bridges and buildings and things. But in the university that he taught at, every year there was a, uh, a tradition sometime around an American Thanksgiving, where they built a bonfire. And so all the engineering students got together and they, they tried to design a bigger, higher bonfire than anybody before. Now, it's very hard. They had to use poles and wood, and they piled up that thing, I don't know, 10 stories. And the thing was huge. I may be exaggerating. It was massive. It might have been five, six stories. I don't know. It's very hard to do because it'll collapse. They can't, they couldn't rivet it. They couldn't 
tie it all together as far as I know. They had very limited what they were going to do. So they had to build it like building a house of cards. And then they would light it. And then for days, that thing would burn. But we would sit there and my dad would just smile because that was where his students trying to figure out how to do something that was very hard. So as we're sitting there, that pile of wood would do nothing without two ingredients. One is a flame and secondly, oxygen. And the holy, I can have all the word of God piled up in my mind, in my heart, but unless the Holy Spirit of God lights it and breathes on it, it's dead. And you find out why it's, it just doesn't speak to you anymore because you're not letting him speak. You're not letting him start the fire in you. That is so important. Um, he, the Holy Spirit, is the missing ingredient in most people's lives, especially in the reading of the Bible. I'm going to show you what you need to do so that when you're reading the Bible, all of a sudden it just it becomes like a conversation instead of a duty. So, let me make it simple. Look at verse 14 again, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Why can't people hear the Spirit of God in the Bible? Well, the Bible told us, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now, they're reading the Word of God. And they're understanding little bits of it, but they don't receive the things of the Spirit of God because they're what? They're foolishness under them. Just stop there for a second. Isn't it true that people read the words, but to them they're just words? We kind of make fun, but it's uh, it's the same as when somebody's just going wah, 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 wah. And you go, I didn't get a thing of that. To a lot of people, the Bible is hollow, empty, strange sounds in their ears. And the truth is, the words of God are not understood without the Holy Spirit speaking them. A lot of people only hear the letters and the syllables, but not the spirit of the words. Go to 2 Corinthians. You're in 1 Corinthians. Go to the right. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, don't misunderstand me. You are supposed to study the Bible. You're supposed to memorize, meditate on it. You're supposed to read as much as you can, storing it away, studying it, learning it. But if you're not careful, that's all you do, and it dies. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. Paul is speaking of being a minister of the gospel, a minister of the New Testament, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiencies of God, who also have made us able ministers. He's talking about preaching and giving the gospel teaching of the New Testament, not of just the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter does what? What does it do? It killeth. Spirit giveth life. Now, the point is this. The Bible explains that natural, and I will just find these points in a moment, natural men and women cannot receive what God is saying. The example is, and he says, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I've got a radio here. I picked it up off of adverts or done deal, I don't know. But I can stay, it doesn't have batteries, doesn't have anything. I can stand all day pushing the buttons, tuning the thing, pulling out the antenna, pushing it in, turning it this way. It will not receive anything, will it? That's a good, it's a retro, it's got some digital things on it, but it's an older looking radio. What does it need? It needs to be plugged in. And what I want you to notice is when it gets plugged in, guess what it can do? Once I figure out how to make it. See where it finds. Someday. Yeah, and does it give oh. hope? I mean, and what is it doing right now? You may not have noticed, but there are right now thousands of frequencies flowing through the air, going in every direction. And this thing was unable to pick up, receive any of them until it was plugged in and tuned in. And I just want to make the point. We have the Bible. We have the perfect Bible. But until we have been plugged into the Holy Spirit, He's there. He's speaking. But we're not listening. 
all of a sudden, now I'm tuned into all kinds of different things, but the principle is the same, that you are not going to receive it without the Spirit of God, without Him being the power behind the Word of God. I'll show you. There are two kinds of Bible readers. Number one, there's the natural guy, the natural man. The natural man is the guy who he is by, by birth. It's what he or she is naturally, without even trying. Natural, rational, physical, intellectual. The Bible calls the natural man the old man. And the natural man is driven only by animal instincts. That's why when you read the Bible, it's not exciting. Every year they come up with two or three new Bibles. The teenage study Bible. You know what it is? It's full of pictures. That bothers me. Because the Bible has power without the pictures. I understand a child having a children's Bible with children's stories and children's pictures. But a teenager? There was a group that spent a fortune making the Bible into a magazine. And every month you signed up to get a new set of stories from the Bible in a magazine format. Let me tell you, you're wasting your time. Because there is power that they're missing. They're not plugged in. The kids need to hear the Bible, but they need to repent and be born again. And then the Bible comes alive when they want to hear it. If you don't want to hear it, God's not going to make it flash and, and, and jump and do circles and impress you. When you come to the Bible as, a, as an unsaved person, you come as an animal, like a dog coming up. Don't find anything there and you move on. The natural man is influenced and empowered by the world, by the spirit of this world. They cannot hear it. They cannot receive it. And somebody who just stays coming to church and never gets saved just sees the very top of the iceberg and never understands the depth of the love of God. They never understand the depth of why Christ died. They never understand heaven or hell. And boy, will they argue about hell. Constantly, they live in constant condemnation. You don't want to hear because they're already condemned themselves. They already, their consciences condemn them. Then you have a spiritual man. And the spiritual man is the born again. That's the person is, a spiritual man is the way they are because of the new birth. They are what they are because of the Holy Spirit in their life. I'm not a, I'm not a Christian because of the church I go to. I'm not a Christian because of the Bible that I have. I'm not a Christian because of the things I do or I don't do. I'm a Christian because Christ is in me in the person of the Holy Spirit. Christ makes me a Christian and he moved into me in the form of the Holy Spirit and that made me a Christian. That made me spiritual. The Bible calls the spiritual man the new man. And the, the spiritual man is influenced or led by the Holy Spirit of God. We have all new desires, new hungers, new purposes, and new goals. There are two Bible readers. Which one are you? By the way, the Bible says there, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that the spiritual man judges no things, uh, sorry, judges all things, and he himself is judged of no man. He doesn't live under the condemnation of others. He doesn't live based on people's approval or disapproval. He has a higher authority. He says, I just seek to please him. I don't, anybody can judge me all they want. I will do what God called me to do because he's my judge. A very better way to live, wouldn't you say? So all that God has for you is available only by His Spirit. One more time, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 2, 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Bible has everything God has for you. The Bible explains everything, but you're not going to get it, number one, unless you're saved, number two, and unless you are listening to the Spirit of God in the reading of His Word. You can't imagine what God has prepared for you and what He's doing. God has revealed everything. I'm telling you, there is no new revelation needed. It's all in there. You just haven't seen it yet. And God has to open your eyes to it. That's what a preacher does. A preacher does his best to open people's eyes. But the best eye opener is the Holy Spirit. God reveals it all in the pages of the Bible when you're listening to and yielding to its author. As you read every page, 
change the way you look at how you look at the word. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit actually teaches us as we read and study what God said. And as we, and I'll review this, as we ask him to teach us and guide us. I'll show you one extra verse. This is brilliant. 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Verse 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. But we all, with open face. Now that means no mask. <laughs> we would get that maybe one day. <clears throat> There's nothing between you and what's, what he's referring to as an open glass, uh, like, a, like a mirror. We all with open face beholding as in a glass, we behold the glory of the Lord. He's referring to the Bible as we're looking into the Bible. We're looking like looking into something that shows us the glory of the Lord and we are changed into the same image from glory to his glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Circle that last part, even by the Spirit of the Lord. As I read my Bible, I'm looking into a looking glass and as I do, as, I, as God gets my attention, as I listen to the Holy Spirit, teach me and guide me and convict me and pull me in directions I don't want to go, as I yield and I go, yes, I will. I, whatever you say, I'll do. As you do that, that's when he changes you. What do we do? What do we do? Get quiet. Get quiet. That's why at church, there's not discussion going on and why this is not a two-way thing. It's one person speaking, thus saith the Lord. Where you're supposed to be quiet, and as you read the Bible, you let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Did you know the Holy Spirit speaks very quiet? He's actually described in 2 Kings as a still, small voice. And you cannot hear that quiet voice unless you're very quiet. So shut off everything. Make time to just sit with your Bible, no interruptions. Now, I know some people try to read their Bible on their phone or an iPad. Do whatever you got to do. But usually you're going to get a text. There's going to be a news announcement. Something else has gone wrong. Pull out a real Bible. Go into a room. Get in your car. Sit somewhere. And be quiet. Secondly, read. Read and read and read. Page after page. Have you started reading your Bible all the way through yet? Have you ever done that yet? Pick up your Bible and start in Matthew chapter 1. And read at least one chapter. Two, three, four. Set a goal. I'm going to read two chapters a day. And never quit. I'm going to read all the way to the end. And then start back in Genesis and read all the way through. Two chapters a day. Read. Read. The Holy Spirit cannot teach you unless you're reading. He, you cannot light a fire where there is no wood. So the Bible being put into your heart is the, the source that he will light and ignite and go, what do you think of that? And you go, I never saw that. That's for me. Third, as you read, as you read, pray. Ask God to teach you, to talk to you, to guide you to the truth and the promises that you need today. Do you know, over and over and over, the psalmist writes, sometimes David, sometimes others, cries out and begs God to teach him. Go to Psalm 25. You can leave 2 Corinthians now. Psalm 25. Remember, Psalms basically are prayers. Psalm 25 and verse 5, listen to David pray. Start in verse 4. Psalm 25 and verse 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy what? Thy word is truth. Lead me in thy truth. Teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. What's he doing? He had, at that point, he had the Old Testament. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. That's all he had, and Job. That's all he had, and he's saying, Lord, teach me from this small collection. I've got a much fuller revelation. 
But he says, teach me your way. Show me thy truth. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 in verse 18. The star behind, beside this verse. 119 verse 18. Psalmist writes, speaking to God, open thou mine eyes that I may behold, so I can see wondrous things out of thy law. You know what most people see in the law? Rules, regulations, limits, you know, depression, <laughs> because I'm not able to do what I want. And yet the psalmist is writing, open my eyes so I can see all the treasure that's in your law. And there are treasures in the law. When you reject the Old Testament, you have knocked out the very foundation of the New Testament. They go hand in hand. You cannot enjoy the New Testament till you understand and look for the treasures in the Old. Look at verse, go back, go to verse 33. Still 119, verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. Statutes, another word for word. And I shall keep it unto the end. You teach me. I'll do it. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you asked God, Lord, I'm open. I'm reading my Bible. I've got 72 chapters read today. <laughs> and at any point, did you say, Lord, open my eyes so I don't waste any time. Open my eyes and my heart to what you're saying. Let me hear your voice. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. And then listen. Look at Revelation 2. Last book in your Bible, Revelation chapter 2. In verse 29, Revelation 2, 29, six times Jesus says these words, Revelation 2, 29, he that hath an ear, anybody who's interested and has their ear listening, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I can talk all day. I can preach my heart out. I can be logical. I can be rational. I can be polished. I can be uh, short <laughs> and, and, and quick and be finished quick. I can do all those things. But if you're only listening to me, you're none the better. Listen to the Holy Spirit behind everything I'm saying. Listen to the Holy Spirit pull the heart. Humble you. Listen to the Holy Spirit as it convicts you of your sin and calls you to God's will. I cannot call anybody into the will of God. You need to be listening to the Holy Spirit of God. You need to find what is God's will by the Spirit of God. Listen as you're reading and then do. That'll be the test. If you're not doing, what does the Bible say there in James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know what you're doing? You're living a lie. If you have spent any time reading the Bible, why don't you spend the time so that you listen, you pray that God speaks, and the purpose of it is so that you do it. Do you know it is possible to read God's words and to hear them and yet refuse to obey them? When God shows you something wrong in you, why don't you write at that moment? Don't wait till evening time. Why don't you write at that moment? Repent of whatever God has showed you. Why don't you rejoice at every blessing God shows you? I mean, wow, you read the Bible and you see something, you go, God's been better to me than I deserve. Rejoice at every blessing as you're reading the Bible. As you're reading the Bible, seek to repair whatever damage he shows you you have caused. Just get up and do it. As you read the Bible, decide to repay whatever debts you owe. Then as you read the Bible, return to doing whatever you stopped doing that you should have kept doing all along. You see, as you do, all of a sudden God says, you know what? That guy's listening to me. I think I'll help him out some more. I think I'll show him some more. I, 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 obviously, I'm not wasting my time. I'm actually being listened to and obeyed. Because when you're doing those things, and those aren't fancy, you'll hear. You'll hear a voice that says, let's keep going, when nobody else knows how to encourage you. You'll hear a voice that says, hmm, it's time to just 
rest for a little bit. Don't panic. I've got this. You'll be heard. You probably know what the Bible already says about sin and its consequences. But most people don't know that there are better things that God has for you than just trouble and hell. You ever, you ever worried about whether your heart is hard or not? The same sun in the sky can harden clay or melt butter. You determine what your heart is like. The Bible is the same. It's like the sun, man. And if my heart is hard, it is only going to get harder naturally. I'm going to read, just quote this. Hebrews 3, 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith. Maybe I need you to see this. Go to Hebrews 3. Just go back. You need to see this. Because it's not just words on a page. It's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us right now today. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, if you want to, then harden not your hearts. As in the provocation, speaking of when Israel was in the wilderness, in the day of temptation back in the wilderness. Does preaching and reading the Bible do nothing anymore for you? It's the last thing on your list problem is a hard heart ask god to forgive you of the sin of turning away from him speaking to you because just like that radio shows there are things being said right now and we're listening to none of it we're hearing none of it because we're not plugged in we're not tuned in a lot of side messages i could preach on being being on the right station right listening to the right bible because there are fake bibles out there by the way being tuned in because I've been plugged in. And if you haven't been tuned in in a while, you know what you need to do? You need to repent of that. Say, Lord, I haven't been faithful to church, watching, <laughs> can't be in church, really. I haven't been faithful reading my Bible, and I'm sorry. I mean, will you do that? You ask God, God, is my heart hard? Is the Bible just a book I'm reading, if at all? And then ask Him to start all over with you. He does that best. God doesn't need your help. God doesn't need you to come Oh, pretty well, nice, and he just put the patches on. No, the Lord loves to just start all over. Take you all the way back down sometimes, and start over and make you brand new. If you're not born again, and you know what you can do right now today? You can believe the words of the gospel that say plainly you must be born again. You need to believe that. Well, I guess I got to. Then cry out. Cry out to God and say, God, I, I, I understand according to the Bible, I'm a sinner. I don't need anybody to explain that to me. I already know it. But I understand also that you want me. That you loved me and you died for me. I don't understand it, but I accept it. I believe it. Will you save me now? By the time you, He's already saved you before you even said amen. Because you're believing and you're reacting to the word of God and to the voice of the Holy Spirit who calls you to repentance. That's the first thing you need to do. Believe me, the Bible will come alive, man. And then lastly, if you are a Christian, but you're numb, backslidden, living like the world, then confess your hard heart as well. Ask God to ignite his word. Ask God to make this book come alive. Years ago, I, was, uh, uh, I worked in an information technology department. What that means is we work at computers back before computers were cheap. And we were working with word processors that one, the computer that, that you can pick up for 200 euros, 250 euros, cost about seven and 8,000 at that day. And we were working with, with a page, a document that you could make bold. You could make the letters bold. You could underline, but there was a secret feature. You'd have to go up to the top and bring down tools, and then you could make the the, the letters blink or go different colors and all this stuff. They were worthless, but they were there. Don't wait for the Bible to blink. Yearn for the Bible to come alive. Father, these thoughts are the foundation of, of getting us to enjoy and to grow in the Word. Not just become a people who 
All right, I read my Bible. The people who can't wait to read their Bible, can't wait to enjoy, can't wait to hear the voice of the author who inspired it and explains it and empowers it. Lord, if it has, if this, if this word, and I've preached the Bible, hoping and knowing that the word is spiritual and it can work. And if it has worked in somebody's life, I pray that they would tell you, Lord, thank you. You spoke right to me. I didn't just hear Craig's word. I heard your words. I want to always from now on hear those words. I want to enjoy them. I want to obey them and love them. So help me always to be sensitive and quiet and yearning to just hear you. I pray this, Lord. I pray that if somebody is not saved, I pray that they got saved today. They realize they can be. They can be born again. Just by believing what they heard today. I didn't really even preach the gospel, but if somebody knows enough of it, they'll know. Jesus died for them, wants them, invites them to trust him, not do anything good, not, not be good, but to come as a sinner with all their heart with all their sin, with all their failures, cry out and say, please, Lord, save me. The Bible says if you'll call on him, he will save. It's guaranteed. Lord, I just rejoice that, the, that this book of books, I pray we never, ever read it just as a book anymore. In Jesus' name, amen.